Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring writer and artist, and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field. If you've been listening to this podcast, or even are new to it, I thank you very much. I would also appreciate if you took a moment and followed it on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. I've had many questions regarding should I promote myself as an artist, and if so, how do I go about doing so? Today's guest is Frank McKay. Frank's career in public relations, entertainment, and politics spans four decades. In 1985, at the age of 18, he published his first music publication, Network, which fast became a hit among music business insiders, musicians, and their fans. He's a talk show host of the popular nationally syndicated radio show, Breaking It Down, as well as the television show, Turning Point with Frank McKay. Now, I've been a guest on this show numerous times over the last decade. He even came to our offices in Hollywood once and recorded a show there, and he's become a good friend in the process. Welcome, Frank. John, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, and it's, um, it's great because, like I said in, in the intro, what... I'm interested in doing is, is helping to provide tips for the aspiring writer and artist, and that's something that uh, Elwin Hubbard was very keen on, and obviously Writers of the Future has become a platform that has just become global in, in nature right now. But one thing maybe I don't think you know about is, because we've gone back and forth over the years, and I've told you different, different things about uh, Elwin Hubbard, but he was a radio balladeer in the 1930s. He once held a slot that Arthur Godfrey would later fill. Uh, he would sing and play the ukulele, which is what Godfrey also did. And he also had a radio show in Ketchikan, Alaska in 1940 called The Mailboy, which um, he recorded for a couple months there, um, tips on how to be a, uh, a mariner, you know, what to do as a mariner, because he was, at that time, he was, a he was a master mariner that had just been licensed. So um, anyway, that's something I didn't think you knew about. No, no, I didn't. And I mean, you talk about a renaissance, man, uh, that they throw that word around, uh, you know, far too often. And, and you talk about a real renaissance, man, L. Ron Hubbard. I think I just told you off mic that uh, when people ask me about interviewing people from the past, if I could magically go back in time, uh, who would I interview? And I'll tell you, in the top five would be L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, just an amazing, I would just sit back and just take it all in. Uh, you know what a what an experience that must must have been. Anybody who's interviewed him in the past, yeah, it was. Um, what's amazing is that, and we've talked about various aspects of his his life, but we have a series um, called the Ron series, basically, and it's uh, I think it's eighteen different volumes of all different um, major areas of life that he researched and participated. And he was a, a music maker. He was um, obviously a writer, which we've talked about. He was a philosopher. Um, he was also an explorer, so there's all types of amazing adventures he went on as an explorer. He wrote a lot of poetry. There's a, po there's a book just on his poetry, like 18 different aspects of his, of his life that was broken down, each one in individual volumes. And uh, if you're interested, I'd love to send that set to you because we've talked about different parts of his life, and it's something I think you'd be fascinated with. Uh, amazing. I, I would love it. I cherish it, and uh, just amazing. Thank you very much. I would love it. Sure. Okay, so now with respect to... Um, uh, the topic of this of this show here on uh, doing media itself, and specifically on radio, and we'll also touch on TV since you also have the turning point with Frank McKay. Um, what have you found has been um, the do's and don'ts? I mean, we'll keep it general here, and then we'll get take it all over the place. But do's and don'ts of of doing a good interview. You know, what should a person do to prepare, and some of the things that that works with you. Well, I think first of all, uh, you know the 
the main thing is to get out there and do something. You know, I, I hate to be one of those people that quote MacArthur, but he had a great line. He said, do something. Even if you do the wrong thing, it's a hell of a lot better than doing nothing. I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's really uh, says it all. And if you're out there, you're a young writer, you're a young uh, illustrator, musician, whatever, get out there and, and start knocking on some doors, so to speak, right? Or sending out some emails and trying to get on. Yeah, I think you're you're only going to get better at being interviewed by being interviewed. So the thing is, if if you get, I mean, there's there's a million podcasts. There's even a bunch of podcasts that just no one listens to, but they could serve a purpose. And and quite frankly, that purpose is a dress rehearsal for somebody, uh, you know, before they go on your show, who a lot of people will listen to, or my show where people are listening to. So, you know, I think the first uh, first thing that they should do is just get active and, and get used to the idea of, uh, of being asked questions. I, I also don't think it's a bad idea to have a friend, somebody you trust, to uh, to bang some questions off of you maybe maybe get a hundred questions that that might be asked of you in a podcast or on a radio show or on a television show and and just be asked those questions so you're familiar with how you would answer and you don't have to have the perfect answers just get used to it just get moving yeah it's a um it's interesting that See, when I talk to a lot of, of my winners um, for Writers and Illustrators of the Future, they've never done this before, so they're, they definitely are um, varying degrees of uncertainty on what to do and how to answer. So uh, we try to send, like when we did interviews with you, send the proposed questions that, you know, like what, what does this person do, something like that. Um, how much does, do you take advantage of that? How much do you follow with a publicist sending, okay, here's the suggested questions. Is that something you follow? Because that's the point of drilling with, with, the, uh, with the guest. Yeah, I, I hardly do that, to be honest with you. I, I like to be con uh, conversational. I like to uh, do as little prep as possible. I want the, the guest to tell us uh, about themselves. And, and often I'll, I'll ask a question, you know, let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised? And one of the reasons is that's that's an icebreaker and, you know, not for me, but for them. And they get comfortable talking about it. So about anybody could answer the question, where were you born? Where were you raised? And usually, hopefully, they, they kind of expand off of that. And they say, well, that's where I first met Mrs. Jackson, my third grade teacher. And she told me I could be a writer. or She told me I should be an actress or, you know, whatever. But when when you ask a question, an icebreaking question, it's nice when you expand. I, you asked uh, earlier. You said, what, "What's some of the do's and the don'ts?" Mm -hmm. it, one of the that I drive that drive you know drive me crazy is if I ask a question and they give me like a one word answer or, or two. Words. <laughs> I've, I've had a major celebrity on. And I, I couldn't. It was a it was a woman. I won't say who, but very very well known. And. I, I asked her questions. It, it must have been 30, 40 questions that I had to do to get through a 21-minute interview. And it was TV. It was a, a you know pre-recording. It wasn't live, thankfully, but it was almost impossible to air. It was just me asking questions constantly. And as we thought about it, we, we realized she didn't do many interviews before that. She just would say, I, I would say, well, it, it seems like you got had some influence from this person. And she'd say, yes, yes, I did. Instead of saying, oh, yes, I did. I loved her growing up. And I, you know, you want people to expand on it. You want people to talk. I'm the interviewer. And when I'm the interviewer, 
people don't necessarily want to hear what I have to say. They want to hear what the guest has to say. So to me, that's the other big thing. Don't be afraid to expand and and have an ending. You know, have have some place where you stop so you know the interviewer can get on to the next point. So what would be a point? That's one of the things I was going to be bringing up is the, the one word answers. I've got one of our famous authors who's one of our judges tell, tells a story when I do the the workshop to the winners each year on how to do media, and he said, "Yeah, don't don't book me." He's like, he had one book coming out, and uh, this was at a TV station in Palm Springs that they were interviewing him. Said, so you got a new book coming out? Yep. And <laughs> so it's uh, it's another fantasy sort? Yes. And it's going to be in stores and you've got an event coming up. Uh-huh. Well, that's great. I wish you all the best. Coming up next, <laughs> you know, it was like, he said, I'm awful. Yeah. As it was one word answers. That's all I do on this stuff. I don't like doing media. So that was him on it. But that's, we use that to coach people like, don't do that. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's it's so important, and I think people people get nervous. You know, it's it's like, oh my God, people are listening to me. What if I say this? What if this? Do you want to know something? Everyone who's listening out there has something very important going on in their lives, and they're not going to focus if I say the myth of Fay instead of the fifth of May. They're not going to care whether I said that. You know, uh, yeah. if if you say something controversial, if you say something, you know. Uh, that's inflammatory. That's that's a much different question. But that's a, the other point. Uh, one thing that I like to do as as an interviewer, I like to celebrate the career of the person that's on, or what they're doing, or who they're talking about. And I, I'm I'm not looking for gotchas. I'm not in the gotcha business, and I I've never liked that. And look, I know people do that very well. And people make a very good living at gotcha journalism, if you call it journalism, but gotcha reporting. I just have never been in in favor of that for myself. Right. I, I don't do that. I've been offered to do different jobs that would entail that. I, I'm not a critic. I'm not here to be a critic. I'm here to celebrate the the careers and the successes of my guests. And we've had over 4,000. We've had presidents. We've had you know uh, senators. We've had... Oscar winners and Emmy winners and Grammy winners. I'm I'm here to to celebrate their uh, their success, and I want them to talk to the audience. And why we call it breaking it down is we we want to know what led to that success. What can you share with us that you know, like you're doing here, basically with the young writers and the young illustrators. We're sharing with people out there that might want to do the same thing, or who are just simply interested in the the process and everything else so, so i i pride myself on doing very positive interviews i'm not looking i'm not looking for controversy if it comes up if they bring it up it's it's fine but i'm i'm not in the gotcha business yeah and that's one thing that when we book the media for the winners that's why we like you because i don't go for the morning drive or the ones that people try to find some flaw in something that they they can't have the fact that somebody just did something good. You know, you have to take something that's yeah. good and then some other, you know, um, find something that's, see, I told you it wasn't really good, you know, from their, whatever their attitude is. But I don't, I don't consider that a worthwhile endeavor, especially for you to work for somebody in arts because the arts, they've already opened up their soul to, you know, the, the audience. You know, they've already said, this is who I am, whether it's a painter um, or a writer, and they can be very sensitive as a result of that. So that's why it's really important too, when we do our media, that we put people on the right 
programs. Yeah, it's important. And I, I, I've worked with Carmen and, uh, you know, Carmen's mm -hmm. just terrific. He knows, he knows exactly, you know, how to set it up, how to, whatever, Carmen Bartola, right? Right, it's yeah. His, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a publicist that works with Galaxy and, and, you know, he's one of those pros, you know, he's one of those people that, you know, if, by the way, I mean, a, a young writer, a young uh, illustrator, a musician, he's, you know, he's also, you know, also a musician. Uh, if they had some questions about media, you know, that's not a bad guy to ask, just like you're, you're a great guy to ask. It's, it's important to be able to deal with, with the folks that are doing the shows and, uh, you know, like yourself, me and, uh, and, you know, radio shows, TV shows. And right, you try to stay away from the drive time guys that are looking for a laugh at somebody else's expense. Yeah. Yeah. So now, um, in booking a guest, what do you look for? I mean, we've touched on it a little bit, but like anything more specific, like uh, for specific for an author, an artist, uh, what are you looking for? Cause some people have the idea that they've got to have some, you know, I have to have been a president or a senator or congressperson or an Oscar winner. But obviously you've done a, way more interviews than just those people that you've done that are of those quals. Yeah, well, you're, you're absolutely right. And there's there's interesting things that come out of uh, out of just about every interview. But, uh, you know, obviously it's it's nicer to have the name recognition folks, you know, men and women who who people are going to recognize because those are the ones that the stations are going to pick up. Yeah. I, I'm on a, a hundred and six different outlets and you know a lot of them are AM and FM and, and it's not simulcast. So in other words, when I uh, when I put out an interview, I, they don't necessarily all pick it up at the same time. There's three or four stations that air exactly the same time every day and they do that. but for the most part, everything else comes out at a, at a different time so they can kind of cherry pick it. the The other thing is that some of those are, a week, many of those are, are weeklies. Un unfortunately, right? It would be nice if they were all dailies, but many of my outlets are weeklies. So uh, you know, they they cherry pick and they'll pick uh, a a bigger name. But there's always, you know, we take recommendations from people like yourself and Carmen, and you know, folks that are out there that we uh, that we trust, and and they say, hey, look, we believe this guy or this this gal or you know, this individual is going to uh, do big things in the future. Uh, would you, you know, would you take uh, take them? They have an interesting story, or uh, to have a little hook about yourself. Uh, like this person grew up in uh, Indiana, and Indiana just produced, uh, you know, this uh, this big controversy, and uh, he can give you an insight on it, or she can give you an insight on what just happened in in Minnesota and whatever. But it's it's always nice to have a hook, a a, a publicity type hook going into it. And this way, if you don't have that big name recognition or whatever, there's there's a reason why somebody would bring you on. Uh, there's plenty of shows, I'm sure, like myself, that that will bring somebody on that doesn't have a lot of name recognition to try to help them and, and maybe do a short interview with them and put them in between, you know, a big name and, and somebody who's got some name recognition. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to do a an hour long show or I don't want to do an hour long show with with um, uh, with somebody that that most people have no idea who they are. I'd rather do a, an 11 minute spot and kind of jam it between two people that have either a show that's going on that uh, that has some popularity or has some uh, following or somebody who's had, you know, a, a reputation from the past. So you don't want to put a whole bunch of folks that nobody know on 
or at least I don't want to do that. Sure. And, uh, and, and fortunately, uh, you know, we haven't had to, uh, and as far as booking goes, it's, I I've been doing a lot, uh, a lot less outreach over the last year and a half or whatever. We're just getting a lot of calls from promoters and, and publicists. And you know, it's usually, uh, you know, different TV shows and folks like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's gone very well. The booking's gone very well, but I've gotten a little lazy as far as out outreach. Um, it, they've just, uh, it, it's been much easier to book lately. Do you book your own shows or do you have someone else that does it for you? No, I, I book it. You know, they, they'll email me for the most part. People will, uh, will email me or text me and say, hey, do you want blank? Or do you want uh, this one or that? And, uh, and, and I, you know, usually I, if it's something relevant, um, I'll, I'll certainly take it. If somebody has a current show or a, uh, a record and it's a name recognition uh, uh, situation, I'll, I'll take it. Sometimes I do 20, 20 to 30 interviews a week. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes I've done 40 interviews in a week. I, I know at least, at least a few times I've done that, but I, uh, I book, I do my own booking and, and, uh, a lot of times people will call and I know the publicist or I'll know the, uh, the, the promoter and, you know, a lot of these radio tours, uh, come through where, you know, people are, are doing, you know, a quick 10 minute, uh, interviews and, uh, you know, get in on, on a lot of those. And, uh, in general, it's, um, it's become much easier to book. I've got to say that. Yeah. Well, you've definitely have a reputation that you've built too, of being a good host. You're not, you're not somebody that goes for a little flaw in the character that you can then expose. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, I, we're proud of that. You know, when I say we, I mean myself and the producers and the station managers or whatever. We just don't, we, we don't go out there to try to embarrass anyone. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, if you don't mind my asking, who's, have you, do you have any like favorite interviews, favorite interviews that you've done over your four decades? Well, the, the four decades is, you know, that's in the entertainment business. You know, we, uh, I, I used to own the, the newspaper and, you know, we owned it as a, a uh, as teenagers and we did mostly rock um bands hard rock and you know some pop you know everyone from whitney houston to to guns and roses but that was as a teenager there was a long gap in between there where we either managed bands or owned nightclubs um uh, and you know and i i was elected to a political office and i'm, I'm still elected to the political office but it's taken a back seat now to uh, to the radio and we've concentrated more on that and of course tv uh, we'll we'll do some uh, spot TV here and there, but for the most part, it is radio now. That's been going on since 2010. Uh, the radio it was under Turning Point, and then um, after we uh, we signed a different contract, um, we had a CBS deal for a while that was uh, that was syndicated with CBS Radio, and uh, we uh, we ended up going into a PBS format on the TV, and we did that for several years. What what launched it all, and, and I'm kind of jumping around here, but we, we had a deal with NBC nonstop. And we did that for a year, and it was it was good for us, uh, but they stopped doing it. It became Cozy TV. And then Cozy TV, they do like the older shows or whatever. But prior to that, it was NBC nonstop, and we were on a bunch of markets uh, you know, around the country. And it was it was called Turning Point. It was basically what I do now. But it was it was called Turning Point, and it was uh, uh, television interviews. So when NBC uh, switched that format, we 
went into myself and uh, the, the producer at the time, a guy named Harry Oates. We um, uh, we we switched our thinking into a PBS format. We did almost like a Charlie Rose type um, uh, situation, yeah. and, and we had sponsors, and you know, just mentioned in the beginning and at the end, and and we ran on PBS uh, for uh, for several years. Uh, I think 2016 is when we ultimately stopped the uh, the TV and we concentrated all completely on radio. And, and I don't mind that at all. Uh, a lot less prep. I mean, you, radio, you could be, you know, you could be in your shorts and uh, and, and do the interview. <laughs> and it's me, me, a publicist and a guest, you know, me, a publicist, a producer and a guest. You know, it's, it's a lot smaller crew and it's... Uh, you know, it's something I really like to do, and it's uh, you know, to, to me, it's it, it's a very easy format to to fall into. Well, that's definitely the way you explain it makes good sense in that. So, any particular guests that you've had that you're like, wow, that's this was really cool. I'm very glad you did this, and the guests themselves were was really happy with it as well. Yeah, let me. You know, I, it's so funny. I, I've got four thousand of them. I've done everyone from, you know, let's say uh, Donald Trump to uh you know to his democratic counterparts and uh you know and again i don't want to get into too too much into politics uh, guys like cuomo and schumer uh harry reed when he was the the majority leader and i mentioned the the political guys because they just kind of they they kind of come up but uh, tim robbins i thought was uh is, was an interesting guest uh you know some some lesser known folks i i think were fascinating for for different reasons and uh and one and I shouldn't say she's lesser known, but I don't know if you know who Lynn Moody is. And she's a, uh, you know, she's an actress, uh, African-American actress who started out in the 70s, who had just an incredible, uh, you know, run of uh, of shows. She did, uh, you know, All in the Family. She did Roots. And she did a lot of shows that were breakthroughs for, for African-Americans. She said to me in the middle of the interview, and I had no idea how how that this would come up but she said that her her brother had done a 23 and me uh test you know like the dna test uh-huh. and a young woman uh you know or a younger woman had contacted him and said you know it says according to this according to this dna test that you are my uncle and he said well how can that be and they went back and forth so lynn moody's brother called her up and at this point, she was 73 years old, retired as an actress, uh, no children, not married. And she said, can you ask the woman if she was born on December 8th, you know, 19, whatever, 64. And again, I'm just making up these uh, these dates. I, I, I don't know exactly what date it was, but I think it was somewhere around there. And he, he did. He went back and she said yes. And Lynn Moody said, look, as a as a product. Uh, of uh, or a result of a, a one night stand that I had, I had gotten pregnant and I had just gotten to Hollywood and I had just started a career and I didn't feel it was, it was, I was in any position to raise a daughter. So I had the baby and I gave my daughter up, this beautiful baby girl up for adoption. And uh, I, you know, I've thought about her often, but this must be obviously, this is, this is that girl now as it turns out the the woman who was lynn moody's daughter had been watching her for years and she watched her on i, I don't know if it was falcon crest and what dynasty or you know one of the shows 
and she was a young African-American girl watching a, a show with only one star, one, uh, one actress that was from the African-American community. So she kind of looked up to Lynn Moody, not realizing ever that that was her mother. So as it turned out, about 10 years earlier, her adopted parents, who were wonderful from everything she said, uh, and she, they always encouraged her, you know, hey, look, if you could find your birth mother, your, your biological mother, certainly do so. But they had died 10 years ago, and she just had her, her son um, graduate college uh, just, you know, a couple weeks prior to this. And they contacted each other. They got together and they're living a, a couple of blocks away from each other now. And they're, you know, and this is a couple of years ago that I interviewed Lynn. I was just absolutely blown away by the story. And I, I just couldn't believe it. If you can get her, get her on your show, she'll, <laughs> uh, so wonderful. I, and, and it's just like, you, you know, you're almost choking up and it was just beautiful. I mean, it was just beautiful. And here's this, you know, at, at the time, 72, 73 year old actress looking back on a career and never, Never had time to, you know, get a marriage uh, uh, together or to concentrate on a marriage or a, or to have children. And here she is with a, a daughter and a grand grandson with a, a heck of a lot of uh, catching up to do. And I thought it was just beautiful. So that was, you know, one, one thing that stands out to me. But I, I was blown away by that. That's a great story. But that's good. And that's something also with with a host who's very comfortable to be with and no, I mean, I've, I've had the thing before too, where, you know, where it's unfortunate, but some media um, reporters and stuff will come up. Hey, yeah, this is great. I just, I really want to ask a couple questions and this is so good. This is, this is great. And I fall you know, I did it once, you know, I fell for it without actually doing my homework. Who am I talking to? And just, you know, very gracious and very this. And then when the article came out, it was absolutely horrific. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was yeah. it was terrible. Just They just sucked me right into it. And that's the other thing, you know, sometimes they'll do. That's why I always pre-call uh, my hosts to make sure I don't have somebody like that. Because when you have a genuine good person like yourself, it makes all the difference. You just feel comfortable in talking. Yeah, I mean, so many good things can come come out of this for everybody if, if we're just straight with each other and the sandbagging you know like uh, you know they they want you to come in there and they uh, and they uh, and they'll pick apart at something or they'll uh, they'll criticize something you know I, I it's terrible but you know look people do it and for folks out there listening you know we were mentioning the the young writer and the young illustrator and, and just starting out out on interviews I don't think you could be gun shy about that I, I think you've got to you know, you, you've got to basically look at the, the track history. And if, if there's a track record of somebody sandbagging um, their guest, uh, you know, maybe stay away from those. It's, it's easy enough to listen to interviews. For example, if you Googled me or you Googled breaking it down and, and different um, actors, actresses, you're going to come up with a, a whole bunch of folks and you could listen to, to, to my interviews and, you know, maybe look for somebody who's controversial, uh, who's had some kind of uh, controversy in their life and, and, and take a listen and see how I behaved with that guest. You know, I was going to say, and not to get into too specific, uh, but Mackenzie Phillips is someone who had a, uh, you know, very, very difficult uh, story, past and, and everything. And, and I remember the publicist uh, said to me, she does not want to talk about the, uh, the situation with her late father 
that she uh, uh, revealed on Oprah. You know, she felt she got burnt or whatever. Anyway, so I said, yeah, I'll stay away from it. And I spoke to her and somewhere around the midway point, I said to her, I, I said, I, look, I want to congratulate you. You know, you're a survivor. You landed on your feet. You know, she she talked about substance abuse and and battling with it and recovery. And I said, and and what you've done is great because she she was working in recovery at that point, trying to help others um, get a hold of their demons and everything else. And she went into she volunteered and I guess she trusted me enough. And she went into the whole uh, Oprah Winfrey uh, story where she, uh, you know, she revealed that there was this uh, situation with her father that uh, whatever. And, and she she was just I thought she was great. I thought she was lovely. Um, but it was I was never going to bring up the situation ever under any circumstances, bring up the situation uh, because the publicist asked me not to. And I would never break that bond. And once she uh, she started talking, she went about it on her own. You know, and I, I felt like I was rewarded with just an amazing interview and, and Mackenzie being uh, wonderfully open and candid with with me and the audience. And, uh, and, and I felt that I was rewarded by by not uh, sandbagging her or whatever. By the way, the other side of that is sometimes you'll go through an interview and uh, and and, you know, a, a blatant issue doesn't come up and you promise not to bring it up. And some listeners might turn around and say, why didn't he ask him about this? Why didn't he ask him about the accident? Why didn't he ask? And, and the, the truth of the ma matter is I probably promised that I wouldn't. So I'm not going to, I'd rather be criticized for not being thorough on, on a journalistic point or whatever than, than sandbagging somebody, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that's, and that's very much appreciated because it's today's journalism. I put quote unquote, you know, right. is, is more uh, based upon entertainment and it's not, you know, it's not actually finding the facts and actually just like, here's some, here's some actual news. It's like, we have to take it and embellish it and twist it and taint it and make it so it's as uh, scare, you know, on the audio or on the video, make the scare heads, you know, 80 points tall, you know, to uh, figure that they need that to get some attention. And that's just, that's not what we're about here because it's it's all about... You know, we want the person to get a good career. We want them to be able to get that exposure that um, a good radio show will provide. And quite often, I, every year I have at least a couple of the uh, winners will get contacted by someone who listens to a radio show, sees a, a post or a, a TV interview, and goes, wow, that, I like that. I'd like, to, you know, I'd like to work with them. And it does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, no listen, no question about it. And it, so many, look, I, I'll tell you another story and I, I won't, I won't reveal the person's name, but I interviewed a, a woman that had a popular TV show and I really knew nothing about her. A publicist booked her and it, she had a, you know, pretty big following from what I understood, but she was sort of between, she was between my age and my oldest kid's age. So it fell between the cracks they wouldn't have watched the show and I wouldn't have watched the show. So I, I really didn't know anything about her or, or the show. And I was just kind of going in blind. I knew she had a show, but as we started, she, uh, she broke down on, and we were pre-recording. We weren't live. Thank, thankfully. And she, um, uh, she said on, on tape, you know, we recorded everything. We just never aired it. She said, uh, she said, I'm going to kill myself. She said, I'm going to commit suicide. And uh, we were like, 
whoa. And we were just kind of looking at each other, myself and through the glass, the, the producer. And I said, uh, I said, can I, can I ask you something? Is there somebody that is, are you alone in the house? Is there somebody we can call? And I said, we're not, you know, don't worry about the interview. I said, uh, can we, is there a friend or, or relative or somebody that we can call for you? And, and she said, no, everybody hates me. And, and she went into a whole thing. And again, I don't want to, yeah. I, I don't want to get too much out, but she said, maybe you can call my sister. And she was crying. She was breaking down. She said, uh, but she'll probably hang up. She hates me. She wants me to die. So anyway, I called. And by the way, keep in mind, you know what it's like to have a schedule afterwards. But I mean, uh, it, you know, we're in a weird spot. So my, my producer continued to speak to her and I called the sister and the sister had no interest in her whatsoever. She said, give her a rope, let her kill herself. You know, she's saying things like that. I said, oh, well, well. I, and then she starts questioning me. She said, what are you trying to, what are you trying to be romantic with her or something like, and I said, well, well, well lady, lady, l- listen, uh, I said, we're in a weird spot, right? I said, in fact, we, we've got a, we, we've got an interview in a little while, but um, your sister just said that, I, and we don't know her at all, but she just said that she was going to commit suicide. Understand we're in a weird spot. I, I don't want to start calling um, uh, police stations out in out Los Angeles and, and uh, you know, it's going to become a news story. She said, do it, Good, whatever you want, just do whatever you want. And, and she was being really dismissive. And I said, I, I, after a while, I said, listen, you could have lied and said, said you're going to call her and you'd never hear from us again, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm glad you didn't. But is there somebody I can call that has some effect? Is, is your mother? And she said, call my mother. And so I ended up calling the mother and, and the mother uh, thanked us for whatever. And I don't know what happened after that. But there was nothing on on record as as her being bipolar or or having uh, mental illness issues or whatever. And, and years later, I think she revealed this is years ago. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, uh, not 10 years ago, but maybe um, maybe eight years ago. This happened and we never aired it. And uh, the studio uh, manager, he was like, please air that. I, I said, I, under no circumstances are we going to air that? And he said, you know, you can get so much attention, so much. And I said, I, I, I don't want it. You know, I really don't want it. And I, I don't want to do anything that's going to cause her any more pain. Obviously, she's got, I, I don't know her from a hole in the wall. I don't know her sister from a hole in the wall, what happened between the two. But this is, this is something that we don't want to do. I'd rather be. I'd rather be lesser known than than somehow um, benefit from a, a situation like that. And I, you know, again, I don't know her from a hole in the wall, uh, but I, um, you know, my thoughts and 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 uh, best intentions are, are are with her, and I hope she's um, dealing with it. But you know, just it, it, one of those unusual situations, and we will never ever air it. Yeah, well, that's good. That's definitely good on that. And that's, that's also an integrity on your part, which journalistic integrity is um, unfortunately become somewhat of an oxymoron these days. Yeah, it's journal. You know, the word journalism, I think, has to be changed. I mean, there was a there's there's a list and I, I think it's called what is it called? The AJA, uh, the American Journalistic Association or something like something along those lines. But it's supposed to be the standard. And they put out a list of ethics. I. I, I encourage you and all the listeners to just Google it, you know, a, a list of standards. And you, John, you will read this and you will laugh as you read it. It, it, it says right in there, do not pass judgment on your on your subject. Uh, you know, uh, deliver the facts only. Do not give 
opinion. Now, if you're a commentator, that's one thing, right? You know, you you have the right to give your opinion. You're a critic. You're you have the right, but don't say journalist. If you're a journalist, you're supposed to go right along with whatever this is, whatever this this organization is. And it's amazing. I, I'm I'm waiting for them just to wipe it out. But you, you know, especially I, you know, I know that you get slammed. I've gotten slammed, and I'm sure a lot of the folks listening have gotten slammed. Um, and and quite frankly, if uh, if somebody is slamming you that thinks that uh, that they're they're a journalist and they're putting the word journalist there, send them this this list of ethics. It's it's unbelievable. And by the way, the reason I have a radio show now is because in, in politics, I was just getting I, I was getting crushed by by people who had no idea about the facts. They they wouldn't give me a chance to uh, explain. They would they would just go after me on 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 silly things and then others would re- regurgitate things that they say, you know, just completely falsehoods. And, and I got sick of it. And I, I ended up taking uh, a radio show. And after a while, when people started uh, attacking, I'd call them up and I'd say, look, here's here's the deal. Uh, you could write whatever you'd like, but I'm going to cover you. And I've done a little research on you. And I'd like to um, I, I'd like to do a, a story on you. And by the way, it's like the bully in the playground scenario. You 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 know, you punch back, you fight back. And, and you'll be amazed at how quickly they they stop. I, I haven't had a bad political story or, or nothing like what I used to uh, since I had the radio show and since I started doing that. And again, I would never I, I would never use it as a weapon. I would never uh, use the show and go after somebody. But if somebody's attacking me, I, you know, I want to know. I, I want to know why. And, and let's see if they can uh, they can stand the same scrutiny that uh, that I get. What's the difference between me and them? So I uh, I'm I'm all for that. I would suggest you too try to get on your podcast some some folks that have been been nasty to you and 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 you know maybe they'll maybe they'll change their tune and and maybe they'll they'll do an honest day's work rather than just slamming you. That's a very good point. That's a very good point on that. So now with with um I I guess like who's a writer or an illustrator? Do you have any particular um? You said you start off to make a person feel comfortable mostly for their sake, you know, as an icebreaker to like, where were you born? And, but any, anything that you have is, are your standard common questions or at least as root questions that you would want to make sure that you covered for a writer or an artist? Well, often, often we get folks that, you know, especially uh, up and coming folks, uh, we'll get them from you guys and, and the winners of your contest, um, it, which is a big deal, you know. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's I I, I say that uh, when you're here, when you're not here, when Carmen's here, it's a big deal, and it's a prestigious uh, group of of uh, of folks that are judging it, and uh, and others that are on different panels. So when we see things, uh, like when we when we get somebody like that, we celebrate the the accomplishment. It is a big big deal and we treat it as it's as if it's a big deal so we might not go into where were you born where were you raised we say well listen congratulations this is this is a big deal how long have you been writing is this the first contest you entered is this you know we get more into that than uh, than maybe their biography and then we'll do a little biography on them and 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 often often it's a short interview uh if they're up and coming and it's kind of an easy easy flow thing and we want them to be comfortable but we want to celebrate their accomplishment and and if it's a young 
up and comer, uh, the biggest accomplishment usually is that is that award uh, from the writers of the future and, and illustrators of the future. It's it's a big deal. And I, even before I knew you guys personally, I, I looked at people who won that award and, and just uh, immediately I've been impressed with anybody who could get through that because the, the amount of people that that submit to uh to that contest is just astounding and the amount of talent that never wins um there is just uh <laughs> it's probably you could have an all-star team of people who've never never placed so it's it's a big accomplishment to win your contest great thank you very much yes all the judges are very proud of it and it's um because it's the only competition out there that's that's truly merit competition because all they ever see is the story or the art and a number. They have no idea if it's male, female, age, nationality, anything. So we have people from all over. So that's that's been a really good point about it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Listen, I'm thrilled to have uh, anyone anyone who wins this contest is uh, is welcome on our show anytime. It, it is just it's it, it's a huge accomplishment, and like I said, it's there's not many like it. There really isn't uh, many like it, and you know why wouldn't we celebrate it? Uh, it's what we do. We uh, we celebrate people's careers, and this is usually a launch pad. Yeah, it absolutely is. Now I have a question. Now, in terms of doing a show like with yourself, on getting in like the proper, you know, things you want to be able to say as as a guest. So, like your shows are normally segments for I guess say for someone who's a uh, an aspiring writer and artist that just won the the competition. You they're normally like what because they're not the big names yet, like eleven minute segments. Yeah, usually for the most part, and if it's flowing, and if if they have a lot of writing uh, done in the past, and it's and it's going smooth, that you know sometimes we'll go, and it, it also depends on schedule and and there's some different factors, but for the most part, it's an 11 minute spot. So then, when a person does that, um, anything they should be cognizant of to make sure that should they say at the beginning, like, okay, so how long is this interview, so that they can make sure they they're able to get in their website or their social page or is that something you automatically ask is that something that well we yeah, well not to cut you off but we pre-record so the thing is that they have the link uh before it, it airs you know they'll they'll be the if they google uh breaking it down and their name as soon as uh, as soon as it's up it's it's usually up on iHeartRadio or whatever radio.com is now what is it i, I um uh, odyssey or you know whatever yeah. but uh you know all of those ties spotify uh if they uh, if they google their name and breaking it down the name of the show uh it, it comes up it comes up right away on on different links and they'll have it but there's uh you know like some people say well i want to i, I want to know when it's going to air uh because uh whatever it, it's it, it's hard you know it's hard to keep up with all of that and like I said, sometimes 20, 30 interviews a week. And sometimes people will say, hey, can you tell me where it aired? It, it, it's a project figuring out, you know, especially since it's not, uh, it, it, it's a different kind of syndication. It's not, it's a self-syndication and the stations don't all work together on it. And the weekly, so I don't know if that weekly <laughs> played it or whatever. It, it's a chore. It's, it's a real chore for me to try to find it. And And the other thing is I don't want them I don't want them starting to call uh, stations that were on weekly and, and hounding a program director to, to air it. They're going to get mad at me. I remember there was a there was a situation uh, and it was a it was a major market station, and I, I got a call from a um, a program director. I never heard from him before, and he called me, and I was like excited to hear from him. 
And he said to me, look, he said, let me just say this. I'm getting hounded by this publicist. It was a woman uh, every day because you gave her my, I said, I, I didn't give her your number. How would I give her your number? He, he said, you must have said that you're, uh, that you're on this station or whatever. She's calling me to hound me to, to put this person on. She said, we're not putting, he said, we're not putting this person on. And he said, currently you're on Friday drive time. Uh, if this woman calls me one more time, uh, you're going to be on Sunday morning, 4 a.m. I am so sick of this woman. <laughs> and I said, I, I, listen, I apologize, but I, I, under no circumstances did I give her the go ahead to uh, uh, start calling. So the thing is like, that's, uh, you know, I guess that's a, a you know, a, a unintended consequence that can happen uh, as a host. Only hosts have to worry about that. But I would certainly, and by the way, that publicist, I said to her, I said, listen, I, I don't care who you have. I don't care if you have Tom Cruise. I don't care if you have, um, uh, you know, uh, Tom Hanks. I, I, I don't I don't want any more calls from you. You're going to lose a major market for me. And I, you just it, way over the line, you know, with this. I said, I know you're trying to fight for your uh, for your clients, but uh, way over the line. So anyway, so that's, you know, that's an unintended consequence that uh, uh, that a host has to worry about. And, you know, so I just, I, I don't know, like, I don't give out list of where we are. Uh, you know, people can Google and, and put their own list of, uh, of it. But that's why um, uh, you, we're apprehensive about, uh, you know, trying to chase down and where this one aired and where it didn't air. Just assume it aired everywhere or it aired nowhere and just, uh, <laughs> and, and, just and, and go wherever. But um, Forget it. If I chase down 20 interviews a week and where they land, it, it, it would, I'd be doing nothing else other than that. That's interesting because I've been one of those people that, okay, I tell Carmen, okay, fine, where did, where did it air? And being totally oblivious to the other side of the uh, phone, what you've had to deal with yeah. from people just, oh, good, I'm going to call those stations and ask them to air it or to, did you do it? Well, why not? And, and hound them. I d had no idea. I wouldn't even think of that, but I guess so. Yeah, it's, it, you know, look, and how would, you know, how would you know? And, and how, I, I didn't know, you know, I was shocked. I, I, I was like, hey, program director's calling me from major, you know, I figured he's calling me to give me good news or whatever. He's calling to chew me out. I mean, what did I have to do? There's no way I would tell a publicist, call and start lobbying for your guests, you know? It's, uh, I, you know, I would never do that. And by the way, the, the show that they had me on, it was like they were taking a segment of my show with certain interviews for my show and they were tagging it on their drive time and and she's hounding them about something that had nothing to do with that show. I, I mean, she she had no idea. She was just, hey, I'm doing my job. I'm I'm a publicist. My client is hounding me. So anyway, it's you know, she wasn't doing anything uh, intentionally wrong, but uh, certainly and I certainly didn't. But I understand all standpoints. I understand the, the, the pub, uh, the publicist trying to get their, their person, but, uh, very, very difficult to work with somebody like that. And then secondly, it's, uh, uh you know, the, the program director, you know, he's busy and, and to, uh, to have somebody saying, uh, saying Frank McKay did an interview with me, uh, did it air yet and whatever. And this guy's like, you gotta be kidding me. Who the heck is this person? And who's he going to yell at? He can only yell at her once. He's going to yell at me and threaten to take me off. Uh, by the way, I'm uh, I, I'm not on that market, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's because of that. I, I think uh, I think they changed uh, um, uh, host in that, and they they went their own direction. But that was that was just a, a, a funny little thing. I don't think 
that that cost me the market. But it wasn't too too long after that that I lost the market. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yeah. yeah, terrible. So now when you, for an 11-minute segment, what would be the number of questions and answers? Because you can ask me a question, and I can go for five minutes before I take a before I take my first breath. Just like I've got a whole, you know, when I talk about when I, you know with writers of the future or about Elwin Hubbard with any of his books, I, you know, I'm very familiar with it and very. At this point now, I've done a lot of interviews, so I, I can do that type of stuff. But what would be a, a normal, length of an answer question answer for an 11 minute interview? So, so again, for my listeners to be able to get an idea of what to expect or what would be the ideal. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I've never thought about it like that, but I will say this, that, uh, you know, there's, there's something called a, a reset in radio. That's where you remind the, the listeners, right? And uh, for example, like after five minutes, let's say on a 21 minute interview, I'm doing a 21 minute interview. I'll, uh, after five minutes, I'll say, I'm going to remind everyone that this is Frank McKay, but much more importantly, John Goodwin is our very special guest. And John is this blah, blah, blah. And John has done this and blah, blah, blah. And, and then I go back into a question. So after five minutes, I do that. And then maybe after six minutes, I'll do it again. And I'll, I'll, I'll say another reminder, you're hearing the voice of John Goodwin, John is it. And then talk about a little something else. And I just reset it again. Frank McKay here with John Goodwin. This way, if somebody's listening and they're just they're flipping around, they'll hear my name, they'll hear your name, and they'll they'll know who I'm interviewing. Then somewhere around uh, the 17th minute, I'll I'll do something similar, and I, I try to mix it up. And uh, and then right before we end, I'll say we have a minute left with John Goodwin, blah blah blah, and I'll go there. And I I so I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at the clock to kind of keep some kind of pattern. And I just, I don't, I've never been taught that. I've never taken any formal classes, but that's just kind of how I, I do it. So if you're, if you're listening uh, to, uh, to this, to, to do interviews, um, it's very important. I, I think to make sure that, you know, if five minutes is coming up, that's probably when the guy wants to reset if uh, if 11 minutes come up, that's probably where uh, he wants to reset. So if it's an 11 minute interview, uh, don't don't talk uh, more than five minutes uh, before the host gets a chance to introduce you, because I think it benefits you um, to, to be introduced more than that. And if you're just talking right through that, then nobody's going to know who you are. And obviously, that's the reason you're doing the interview is to get some exposure, to get your name out there. So I think that's very important. So five minutes. Uh, a flow time and then another six minute flow time. And, um, you know, and after that seven minutes and then, you know, I end at 21. Uh, a lot of people end at half hour. So if they uh, go into it, knowing how long the interview is, they could, um, they, they can kind of time that out. Okay. That's not, that helps a lot. Now, if it is an 11 minute interview, how many times do they want to be able to themselves say the name of their story or their book and their website or, um, how to be able to reach them? How many times are they going to want to be able to somehow to get that in there, or should they just wait for the host to be able to ask for that? Well, the thing is, if if the host isn't doing that, and especially at the beginning, at the in the beginning, the uh, I usually make an introduction that I, I make an introduction that is talking about what the guest is plugging. So if uh, if you're talking about the writers of the future contest and and you have a date. I'll, I'll be sure in the very beginning to get that, who you are 
and uh, and here's here's one of the reasons why John is here, blah blah blah. And the the date is uh, August twenty fourth, blah blah blah. You know, and I'll make sure I get that in there. Now, if I say that, uh, you could assume that I'm I'm going to be good to my word. If we're going along and we haven't mentioned it, and we're talking about everything under the sun except the contest, I would say the the guest should try to uh, get the plug in there and just say, well, that's why we're working hard to get you know, get to that date. And that's, you know, that's a big date for all of us, not just me, but for everybody. And it's August 21st, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and let it go. And then at the end, hopefully the host will. And again, this is, I, I think that you would hope that the host is being generous, uh, would turn around and say, uh, at the end, the, the reason for this interview is without putting it like that, but, uh, August 21st is the big day. And that's the, big gala event and whatever. But if, if you notice that the host is not uh, helping you in that, try to get your own little plug in there, but don't blatantly uh, just shove it down the host uh, throat because maybe they'll be offended by that, but make sure, you know, you're there to get that message across. So um, look, uh, you know, I could ask you what, what color the sky is outside and uh, you know, you could, you can answer it, but you could very well, it's your time. You could very well say that uh, the, the, you know, the sky is blue, uh, but uh, it's, it's going to be blue on uh, August 21st when we have this beautiful event that everybody's uh, welcome to buy a ticket to and blah, 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 and whatever. So I think, uh, you know, trust the host uh, off of how he introduces, he or she introduces you. And if they're generous right in the beginning and they're giving that, uh, that plug in there, they're being, you know, reasonable. That's what they should be doing. That's what that w- that's what you should expect them to do. But if they don't do that, you're going to have to take matters into your own hand and be very great gracious about it, and um, and and just slip it in there. That makes sense. One thing I've also coached because radio, you don't have to look like anything. Like you said, you could be in your underwear doing it. I've had um, which I did myself after having done some interviews where I didn't get my message in, the time was up and I wasn't tracking the clock and, 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 and all of a sudden, oh my gosh. Um, and you can't put all the messages that you want to be able to say in the last 30 seconds. Um, I would write down on a piece of paper, I'd have a pencil and I'd just tick it off as I would say it to make sure, but I'd note, I'd make a note saying, okay, this is 10 minutes and here's the key things I want to be able to put, make sure in the interview so I know that I got it in there. And that's something that I would do, and I've coached people on to make sure that they're they're tracking their cognizant of the clock because it's a finite interview. It, you can't just, oh, yeah, can I say one more thing? Sorry, we're out of time, but thank you very much. Maybe we'll come, come get you back on again. And then you just blew it. Yeah, right. Well, listen, uh, no question, but when, while you were saying that, I was thinking to myself that, you know, the people out there, and that goes for me when I'm listening and, you know, and, and for anybody uh, as, uh, as we're listening, I'm not minimizing the, the attention span of folks, but I think uh, people can only, uh, you know, only absorb in a short interview, 11 minute, 21 interview, 21 minute interview, a, a, a certain amount of material. So if like go in with a specific goal in mind that no matter what I have to get this date across. So I have to get this album title out there. And I want that title mentioned two or three times. You know, you're saying this to yourself as the guest, uh, you know, that's the goal is to get this mentioned, the name of the band or the name of the movie, the name of the TV show, whatever you want to get it there. But if you, if you have a, a laundry list of things, 
uh, it's not going to help you because everybody's going to be like, you know, their, their head's going to be mush because you're plugging a million different things. I have friends that are, you know, that are celebrities and, and they come on and they'll, they'll plug a million different things, you know, cameo and then dates and this. And I'll say to them afterwards, I, I'll say, you realize that nobody, that's all sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher is telling them something, right? And nobody, nobody's going to remember. You just gave too much information. Right. And they're like, well, hopefully, you know, this one will go to the show. And, this, you know, there's, there's one show that you should book or two. If you know that we're talking to two different markets, say those two markets and that, and then mention your cameo appearance or, or whatever. But, you know, even, even pros, I think, make that mistake. And, you know, don't give them too much. Have a very, very specific message and, and make sure that comes through. Okay, that's good. And then in terms of the message, um, which now I've also gone into like um, the elevator pitch or the soundbite for their story or for their art or their project. Is there any particular length of soundbite so that it just, so it, it makes that impingement like, oh yeah, I'm going to remember this because this story is about, you know, Jack Flash hits Hollywood and discovers that he's really a god. You know, just whatever it's going to be. That is there anything that that works better than others for you in terms of a, of a soundbite length? Well, one of the, one of the things I, I failed to mention, but I always say it at the end. I, my last question is usually, do you have a do you have a website or a social media site we can point people to that will uh, it will help us follow along with what you're doing? And people usually are like, yeah, that's great. Uh, let me get, you know, go to johndoe.com, you know, and they get that across and they love that. Or they'll say my, uh, my social media is, uh, is all at John Doe, um, you know, whatever, you know, the movie or whatever it is. So that's, uh, that's important. But as far as the, the soundbite, Think in terms of, of being simple, keeping, you know, there's that, that old expression, kiss, keep it simple, stupid, right? Just kiss, kiss. So just keep it as simple as possible. Uh, what is your movie? Your movie is this. All right. So uh, again, uh, you know, our movie is Rio and it's going to be out this Saturday. Please check it out, everybody. It's, uh, I think you're going to really like Rio. Try to say the name a couple of times. And then if you have an opportunity to, uh, if the, the host doesn't bring up your website, Maybe bring it up at the end and say, look, I'd love to interact with people. Uh, my email is, not my email, but my website is johndoe.com or johndoe.org. And please come there. I, I usually get back to people or, uh, or you know, give me a little time and I'll get back to you. But I'd love to hear from you. John, go to johndoe.com or, or at John Doe on Twitter and, and we'll be there. But I, I think uh, just keep it as simple as possible and, and uh, go in with a clear message, a clear goal before you start the interview and just get it there. That's great. That's very good advice. Well, now we do have the end of this interview coming up. So I've enjoyed your show quite a bit. So for those that aren't familiar with it, can you just, once again, just what your show is and how they can find you? Well, if, if you Google uh, breaking it down and, uh, you know, a certain guest, you'll, that's where you get uh, directly to that link. But if you go to Frank McKay Media or frankmckayradio.com, I think it's frankmckayradio.com is probably the quickest way to uh, to go. And there's there's links to everything there. But we're on everything from SoundCloud to iHeartRadio to whatever. So if you miss an interview, if you're not in one of the markets where uh, we're available, you'll uh, uh, you know you'll be easy enough to find. And we're a celebrity talk show. 
And for the most part, we, uh, we, we talk to celebrities, a lot of actors, actresses, musicians, people like that. And we, uh, we have a very positive show. We don't do gotcha. We celebrate the careers and the successes of, uh, of actors, actresses, writers, you know, folks who've, um, who put their mark on the industry. And, and uh, we're very happy very happy to uh, to have folks plug their shows and so forth but uh, again it's a it's a celebrity talk show uh, for the most part and and we'd love to have everybody that go to frank mckay uh, media.com or go to frank mckay radio.com is probably the best way and uh, and and check out some of the old tv shows also there great well thank you very much frank it's been really informative talking to you here Sean, thanks for having me. Absolutely thrilled, and uh, you're gonna—you have a huge success on your hands, and you've already gotten all of these, all of these interviews done. I—I I, I can't wait to listen to all of them. Thanks for having me. Great, thank you, and thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We've also been syndicated on the United Public Radio Network, where you can find these podcasts as well by just typing in "Writers of the Future." Again, I highly recommend you read the Writers of the Future series. These are, after all, who our judges have selected as the best of the best, new writers and artists. They can be found at writersofthefuture.com, at Amazon, or wherever you get your books. Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by Elwin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. 